Hello, and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James, and on today's episode, I chat to internationally acclaimed multi-award-winning author, researcher, and educator, Brian Caswell, about the power of goal setting with children. Because did you know that 92% of people don't achieve their goals? Now, maybe this is because they were never taught how to, who knows? But the power of goal setting is an important life lesson for our children to learn. It brings purpose, pride, and, and success in their future. So how can we ensure they understand this practice and you know, hopefully they'll continue to aim high and achieve their dreams. Well, that's where Brian Caswell comes into the rescue as he chats about the five principles for improving success and how we can introduce goal setting to our children. Let's get him on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Brian, when should we start introducing goal setting for our children? Like, is it younger? Is it older? When should we do it? Um, the, the interesting thing about goal setting is that um, there are two aspects to it. One is that as adults, as as more mature people, um, we can set goals for ourselves. We can we can plan a a range of activities to lead towards that goal, and then we can work through getting from where we are to where we intend to be. Um, unfortunately, for children, for young children that process is virtually meaningless. Um, young children live in the eternal present. So the idea of, of looking beyond now uh, becomes very difficult. This doesn't mean that we can't begin the goal setting process. It just means that as parents, we become the goal setters initially and, and we teach uh, the the principles of of um, achieving success of achieving goals um, by very carefully uh, structuring the activities that we give to children um, in order to to encourage them to explore and experiment. So, what I mean by that is that at the beginning we set up an activity which has a goal, which has something for the child to achieve. Now that activity has to be fun, it has to be play-based, and it has to have a series of um, activities or experiments or explorations that the child can go through to achieve the goal that we've set for them. Um, and our, our role as the guide um, is to, to set out the the goal with clarity so that the child is very aware of exactly where they're supposed to be going um that is really it's a bit like when you're teaching reading you can you can drill phonics and you can say this is a this is b this is c or you can find activities which require the child to master those phonics in order to achieve something else. And the goal that they're, they're um, setting out to achieve requires them to master the, the things that you, you wish them to learn. There's a big difference between the two. One is rote learning, which is um, 
basically boring and um, and uh, meaningless for a child. The second is a play activity where they, they have a, a goal to achieve. And incidentally, in order to achieve that goal, they have to master certain things that we as, as the goal setter, as the external goal setter, have prepared so we, we we set up an environment in which there are all the elements that the child needs to achieve the goal that we've set and we've set the goal knowing that they in order to get to that goal they have to do all of the things that um, um, will help them develop whatever skills it is that we're, we're interested in achieving the difference between the two is in the first one where you just set them things to learn they will parrot back exactly what you you require and and learn very little and and um, the cognitive development is very limited. Uh, in the second, they're experimenting, they're exploring, they're trial and error, constantly uh, failing and succeeding, failing and succeeding until they find what works, and that then becomes embedded as a behaviour which they can use again and again in different con um, contexts. So. Um, it comes down basically to understanding, you know, what it means to set a goal. And there has been a fair bit of work on that in the last, even, you know, since the late 60s. Yeah, because it is really important that, you know, I guess children learn how to set goals and reach them because it's, you know, something that they're going to have to do in, in adulthood, I guess. So you're sort of saying that we have to model it, I guess, and help them along the way and on the journey when they're a bit younger. Yeah, um, exactly that. Um, we can't expect children at, uh, you know, in, in the preschool years to be able to set a plan of activity and follow that plan because they have this future goal that they want to achieve. That, that isn't the way their brain is working at, at that time. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that in terms of neurological development and psychological development. And um, if, you, if you look at the work of um, Lev Vygotsky, who, who is like the, the father of, <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, of, of play-based learning and, and experiential learning, um, what he came up with was this notion of the zone of proximal development, which means that children learn best if we push them just a little bit out of their comfort zone. So we know what they can do now. We know where we want them to get to, but there is a, the, this, um, this, the, the concept of, of the zone of proximal development is this, that if we look at what a child can do and then what a child will be able to do with assistance from somebody who has more experience or more information, um, that's the zone of proximal development. You get to a point where it doesn't matter how much you help them, they're not going to be able to understand. That's beyond them and, and you shouldn't be setting any activities or goals in that area. But the, the, the zone of proximal development is the bit just outside of what they're now capable of doing, which you can help them to achieve and they'll achieve it if if you set the goal correctly and you set the activity up correctly they'll achieve it through their own efforts not through you telling them what they have to do or how they have to do it but what you do is you you talk to them about it you model things and then you leave them to explore and experiment to get from where they are to where they need to go to to achieve that particular goal now this isn't specifically goal setting for, for the in terms of the child's perspective they are not the ones setting the goal you are 
but what you're doing is you're teaching them that they can move from where they are to where they want to be through experimentation and exploration and trial and error and failure and success and learning from their mistakes, which is the only way really that human beings learn effectively. Um, and so if you understand how to set up the goals and, and the principles behind setting up goals, then um, basically you can, any parent can learn to set goals which will help the child develop from where they are through this zone of proximal development to the next stage of development. And then the ZPG moves with them. The zone of proximal development moves with them. It's like a, a concentric circle model where you start off in the center and gradually move further out. And the, the um, zone of comfort expands with the child's experiences. Um, that's uh, experiential learning and that's play-based learning in a nutshell. Mm, we spoke about that in our last podcast, yeah. which was really great. Um, so how you touched on it then that we need to learn how we can introduce goal setting to our children. Can you give us some tips on that? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is um, a lot of the work that was done on, on um, goal setting was actually done by um, two researchers uh, called uh, Locke and Latham. Uh, Locke began in the 60s and then he worked with Latham in the 90s. Uh, and they came up with a theory of goal setting and task performance. Now, they were working with adults. They weren't working with, with children. And their goal was to, um, their, their research, sorry, um, showed that if adults were working in a work environment with strong, well-structured goals, their, their productivity and their performance increased dramatically. So this is where the whole notion of goal setting in industry came from. Um, but they presented five principles for, for improving success. And although, as I said, they were originally worked out for adults, if we look at these five principles as teachers or parents in terms of how we set goals for our children, they become very, very clear um, guides to, to setting up an activity. So if I, if I can just sort of um, mention them briefly, the five principles are clarity, challenge, commitment, feedback, and something called task complexity. Now that, that might sound quite complex, so I, I can take you through each one of them um, a little bit just to, to, to give you the, the feel of it. Um, now, the first one is clarity. We make sense of the world through our own experiences. We build our model of the world by what we do and what we see and what we experience. And the problem for children, the reason they're not good at goal setting, among other things, is that they have no experience. They're right at the beginning of their, of their journey. And they don't have a lot of concepts and a lot of notions to draw upon um, to use analogous thinking, for example, to say this is like that. So if I've done that before, I, I should be able to do this now because they're similar. Um, they don't have that. So what we have to do as, as parents and teachers in terms of clarity is make sure that the task that we set for them, the goal that we set for them, if you like, and the explanation of what we want is very clear and is based on their experience of the world and their linguistic ability and their um, conceptual framework, not ours. So we have to learn to, to set our goals in terms of what the child already knows. 
which comes back to that notion of where are they, what's the zone of proximal um, development. We, we are setting our goal in the, the area just outside of their level of expertise or their zone of comfort. Um, so basically, if we look at things from their perspective and set the challenge in terms of what they already know and then lead them into the next phase, that's where the clarity comes in. It'll be clear to a child if they're working with what they understand. We start talking in abstract terms of things that they don't understand, there's no clarity and the, the process ends there. Then we look at challenge. Um, just like adults, children love to perform. They, they love to achieve, right? Um, if we set them goals which, which give them the opportunity to show off, to, to impress their parent or their peer group or whoever it happens to be that they're with at the time, they're going to try extra hard to do it. Now, again, the challenge has to be balanced. It has to move them a little bit beyond what they're used to doing, but it can't be too far. And so, again, that, that comes back to understanding their perspective and their, and their experience and their ability. So when we set a challenge, it shouldn't be a challenge which is a, a black and white challenge. It's a yes or no answer. It's a whatever. It should be something which requires them to solve a problem, um, to use logic and creativity to, to solve that problem or to find a way to get to the, the goal of the activity. Um, so when we talk about challenge, we talk about just moving the child outside their comfort zone enough for them to feel achievement when they, when they get to the, to the goal that we set. Um, and it's got to be interesting, engaging, and exciting. Because if it's not, then they have no commitment to the task. If it's boring, they'll do it for a couple of minutes and then look for something else. And we've all had that experience with children, I'm sure. Um, but if we give them something that does engage them and excites them, they get into what, what the psychologists call flow, and they have a commitment to follow the plan through to the end. And, and that's where the commitment thing comes in. Unless you can create the commitment on the part of the child, unless they want to do it and want to get to the end of the goal, then that activity isn't going to work you know, for any length of time. Um, okay, so you, you've got to excite the child and challenge them, but make sure that the complexity of the task is within their uh, range of achievement with your help, um, with, with just modeling and advice, not doing it for them. Um, so that's, um, you know, I come back to the Vygotsky thing there. Okay, and then, <coughs> excuse me, then we have to look at um, uh, the heading called feedback, right? Children don't retain learning unless they get feedback as to what they've achieved, what they've done, if we share it with them, if we, if we um, praise for, for their, their efforts and their achievement, not just for getting to the, to the end and getting the answer or you know, achieving that goal. They may never get to the goal that we set for them. They might find something else to achieve within that activity that we weren't expecting at all, and that's perfectly fine. Our role, the role of, of goal setting and problem setting for, for children is not so that they get the answer. We've got to get out of that, that mind frame. The goal is to give them experiences that build up 
their concepts of the world and their skill bases and then you know their motor skills and their and their creativity and all of those other elements that integrate into um, the entire human being so what we've got to do is to look when we give feedback at what has been achieved not what we expected the the, the goal to be um, and so that's where the appropriateness of the feedback comes in. It's no good saying, oh, you did well, but I wanted you to get this answer and you didn't get that answer. So next time, concentrate. You know, that sort of um, feedback is, uh, you know, tough love doesn't work all that well most of the time. Uh, you know, it, it's it's an a, a excuse for people who lose their temper or get frustrated. Um, we can call anything tough love if we try hard enough. Um, the thing is, if we're looking at things from the child's perspective and we're sharing the experience with them and saying, wow, look what you look, look at this. This is fabulous. Um, it wasn't what we were going for, but this is great. You know, this is really cool. You did something even better. Um, then the child feels the satisfaction and, and wants to try again next time. Um, and that, the, there's two parts to it. One is, are we solving the problem for them in our feedback are we giving them the answers or are we stimulating them to find the answers that's a very important distinction um, between the two and the second one is are we keeping the level of fun up are they continually engaged if if the energy is is uh, lagging have we found a way to make it interesting change the direction slightly so that there's something new in the experience uh, that um, re-engages the, the enthusiasm. Um, that's the sort of feedback we're talking about, not you got the right answer, you got the wrong answer. And um, what I always say to parents is, there is a, dis a big distinction between destination and um, the journey itself. The goal that we set for them is, is a destination, but it's not the only destination. And it's not the and there's not only one way of getting to that goal. Uh, they may not get it with this activity or the next one or the one after. They'll get to it through a series of experiences that build up their personal blueprint of the world. And every child develops a different blueprint in a different way. And we have to be very um, attuned to the way that they they are developing their view of the world. Um, but it's the journey that counts. It's the experiences that they have along the way that are going, are going to build that blueprint, not whether they get to the answer that we wanted them to, to get to. And once we can break away from that notion of there being only one answer or only one way, then they're going to show us things that we never dreamed that, that we were ever going to see uh, in terms of the way that they think and the way that they solve problems and very often what they find may have nothing to do with what we set out as the goal of that exercise and it doesn't matter the important thing is that they are learning to to challenge themselves they're learning to solve problems they're learning to be creative they're learning linguistic uh, communication um, they're learning to read emotion they're, they're developing motor skills. Whatever they, happens during those activities is all part of the, the grist for, for building that um, person that they're becoming. Now, just, you know, I've been talking a lot about us setting goals for children, but the question originally was how do we get children to, to goal set for themselves? Um, 
all children will reach a point where they can start planning at a different age, depending on uh, depending on how much experience they have in, in solving problems that we set for them, for example. So if we set our, uh, you know, develop our activities and set our goals using the five principles that I talked about, then gradually over time, we can introduce parts of that for the child to to we can discuss with with our children you know if we were getting there how do you think would be a good way to do it could we do this or could we do that rather than just getting them to come up with the answer give them alternatives of two or three things that that they could possibly do and together negotiate a single thing that we should do and then let them do that um, so they own that um, decision in that way, we start getting them to see that there are steps of thinking, there are steps of, of um, process that we can use to get from A to B. Um, and over time, that style of thinking starts to percolate into their um, concept of, of how I get to from one place to another or um, how I solve a problem or how I communicate a particular idea or whatever it happens to be. Children learn, as I said before, by experience. They don't learn by rote and they don't learn by being told or shown to any great extent. And any parent can tell you that. You know, the number of times you tell a child something and, and they say yes and do exactly the opposite straight away. Yeah, or don't do it at all. <laughs> Especially if you if you phrase your instruction in negative terms. So if you say, don't do that, the first thing they do is exactly what you told them not to do. Yeah, we they don't, not do. Well, they don't process negatives. So the, the problem with, with um, the human brain, especially children, is they don't process negatives. So if you say, don't touch that stove, all they hear is touch and stove. Um, and so the last thing you say is don't touch that hot stove. What you say is burn, you know, that. <laughs> um, and you learn that from experience when, when um, you know, over time. So it's not about what we tell kids. It's about what they learn to do. And goal setting is very much like that. They learn goal setting by, by working with you on a set of goals that, that you've previously helped them with. And then gradually over time, you can then let them set the goal, talk to them about their their process. But that's usually beyond the preschool age and when they're in, the, in that sort of primary school age group is when they're more likely to be able to set goals. But I mean, even as teenagers, they're very poor at, at following their own goal setting anyway, um, generally. How many um, study plans of of, of your teenage kids gone through and and they never actually uh, follow the plan because it's very and why easy is to... that because it's it really has no meaning if you if you just write a list of things to do a to-do list um you can become very sort of ocd about it and go this is one and i've done one and this is two and i've done two and you know but then you take the list away and that that sort of process that you want to achieve may not have, have actually instilled itself in the mind. It's much better to, to um, sort of process, uh, you know, to, to develop a, a plan that is, is organic where one thing leads to another or where all of the bits uh, coalesce into, into the, the goal that you're setting rather than having a list approach where you tick off the, the boxes. Otherwise, you become very good at, at 
um, that sort of process and you end up working in an office where you file papers because that's the process that, that you've learned how to do. The creative thinker, the, the productive thinker, the problem solver doesn't have a tick box because if the tick box worked, there would be no problem. Um, the problem is there because it doesn't fit into the pattern that that maybe um, people um, expect it to. And so the problem solver and the creative person is the person who is able to look at what's in front of them and then plot out how to go about doing it on the, on the fly, if you like, as things are happening. Um, and that's what teenagers very good at, actually. Teenagers are much better at that than they are at following lists of instructions. Um, good, and so a little kid. <laughs> good to know. What about husbands? No, I'm joking. Um, uh, so uh, husbands, husbands, you know, if they haven't got it, they're beyond help. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so parting question, last one. What is the most important thing that parents should remember when it comes to helping our children to set and achieve their goals? I, I guess my my you know, most important piece of advice, there's two pieces of advice I think that, that I would go. Number one, it's, it's always about, is it fun? Is it engaging? Is it of interest in, to, for them? Because if it's not, then there's no commitment there to, to achieving the goal in the first place. So it's got to be fun and it's got to be engaging. But the other thing is, have I said it in such a way where I've done too much of the thinking? when we're teaching children to set goals it has to be from their perspective their, their plan of attack has to be something that they have worked out and that they're comfortable with and that they see the continuity in that if we do all the work for them if we solve the problem for them if we give them the answers along the way and you know and in the ultimate um event then that's a question we should be asking for have we done too much of the work for them um we've got to be willing when we're, we're looking at goal setting we've got to be willing to accept failure as well as success because that's how children learn if we do all the work for them and they don't fail they never learn anything so is it um a process is this goal setting or the goal achievement a process of trial and error where they they do something and fail and do something and fail and then achieve success um i got two quotes on that one is from um the famous one from edison who says uh, i have never failed i've just found ten thousand ways that don't work and the other one um was a, a nelson mandela one where he said um i never fail I either succeed or I learn. Yeah. And, and I love that. Uh, you know, they're both basically the same message. Um, there is no wasted effort because um, I learn from making the mistakes. And if we take that away from children, if, we, <laughs> if we're so worried that they're not going to get the mark that we do the essay for them or the uh, activity for them, then they'll get the mark and it won't mean anything because it's not their mark anyway and um they won't have learned a thing but if they try and fail and then do it again and get better and do it again and and get a good mark because they have worked out for themselves what the answer is then that's been a, a purposeful activity if we do do it for them there's no purpose to it at all 
there we have it goal setting so important to teach our children but yes you are completely right we can't take on the whole mental load of that uh that task and uh, we've got to watch them fail which can be hard as parents but yeah as you said we do learn more from our failures than we ever well, do it, it can be hard but you can also celebrate the failure mm. um we we have a um a process basically where where what we do is we say okay that was cool you know um say you know they got 80 percent of it right and 20 percent of it didn't work you say that means it's only this bit that we need to learn how to do you can you've got all of that down and now all we have to focus on is this bit so we found out the thing that we need to learn uh, and you celebrate that it's not a failure it's it's a step and and if we can change our, our terminology from failure to to stepped learning then um it's not hard for the parent either because we, we are able to celebrate constantly what they do achieve. Yeah, so true. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your amazing insights as per always. You always get us thinking. Um, so, yeah, no, thank you so much. If you'd like to know more, where can people find you? Uh, well, I don't have much of a social media presence, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, most of, of the work I do is through MindChamps. So um, yeah. at, at the MindChamps.org.au. Um, yeah, .org, yeah. sorry. Um, .org, yeah. Definitely we'll go check you. out MindChamps. Yeah. Um, there's, they have um, articles that I've written and various other things on, on MindChamps.org. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. It's always great to catch up. Okay. Thanks, Bree. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Well, I think the five principles were the number one thing we learned today, which was number one, clarity. Make sure the task we set for them is clear and based on their experience in the world. So we need to set their goals in terms of what the child already knows. And we're setting their goals just outside their level of expertise and comfort so they can reach them. Number two was challenge. Children love to achieve. So if we set them goals that allow them to show off in front of their peers or family, then they are just going to try that extra mile to do it. So the goal needs to be achievable, but just outside of their comfort zone for it to challenge them and their ability. Uh, the challenge shouldn't be a yes or a no answer. It should be something that drives them to solve a problem, to use log logic and creativity. Number three was commitment. So the task needs to be engaging and interesting. Uh, this creates a commitment to the goal. So they need to be committed to the goal uh, for them to be able to achieve it. Number four was feedback. Children don't retain learning unless they receive feedback of the achievement. So the goal in this task isn't for our child to complete it. The goal is for our child to gain experience and improve their skills and, and share their experience with them as well. And obviously uh, give them feedback about them and how they're doing with that goal as well. Number five was task complexity. So you can't give them uh, the answers to everything. We've got to stimulate them to find the answers themselves. Um, and the goal we set for them is not the only destination that they must reach. And there's not one way to get to that goal. It's the journey that counts. Well, that's another episode. I hope you love this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Remember, all the important links can be found in the show notes. Uh, a big thank you to everyone who made the show possible, especially Brian Caswell for his amazing insights today. What a man. Until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.